Welcome everybody to season four, episode. I got to look four. <laughs> Here's the funny thing is I don't know if you can see this or not, but no, here they, no, they can't see that. Jordan <laughs> says Brad messes up intro, and it it's been that that same that same line, line for every since. So I mess it up every time. But my name is Brad. I'm the lead pastor. And I always, see, I always want to say, and one of the teaching pastors, but we're not teaching, so it's just kind of rote. This is a really bad mess up. I know. This, and this is Jordan. He's, he's our also on, a boomer. He's <laughs> our online pastor and our one of our resident millennials. I'm surrounded oh. by them. Oh, so there God. you go. Let's just go on from okay, this point. Okay, hey, let's save this. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for joining us tonight uh, for episode four of our podcast. We've had some incredible conversations. We've talked about church hurt. Uh, I don't even remember any of the other conversations yeah, that we talked good. about, but they've been really good. Um, and so looking forward to the conversation tonight. We're going to talk about the Beatitudes. We're going to be talking about the Beatitudes from Matthew chapter five, Sermon yep. on the Mount. Yep. And the reason being is last year I was doing some sermon prep and I asked, it was for a Just Jordan message. And and I asked uh, my Facebook friends, hey, what are some topics that you would like us to talk about? And that actually, that, that one Facebook post, you said, Jordan, you need to just write these down for the podcast. Right. And so that's what I did. Most of these have come from, from that. The, from that, From yeah. that post. I, yeah, I forgot about that. That's One of the responses on the post was, why does it appear that Christians don't <laughs> live out the Beatitudes? And that response from one of my friends, who's a non-believer, really hurt me. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to Michaela. Michaela wants to know before we get serious, does the letter board say something about rocks? Yes, it says Kim Rocks. Kim Rocks. My mom, when she was on the show a couple weeks ago, put that. But <laughs> anyway, so he asked, he said, hey, why, did, why do Christians um, talk about you know justice and love, but when it comes down to it, they really they don't, don't do live it. out the Beatitudes? Yeah. And that, that, that hit me deep, and I've been thinking a lot about that conversation for the last year. And so tonight we're talking about the Beatitudes. We're going to look at it through the pastoral lens of our generation and have a good conversation. You know, and I was thinking about that through the generations, and honestly, as I was processing this and doing a little bit of research, I don't know if there's a generational response to this, to be I'm honest not sure. with you. I'm not sure either, and that's We're, why I didn't put, find, I couldn't find any data. Yeah. Um, when you start to talk more about justice, that's when I think that, you yeah. can get Trigger into some of the generation. Yeah. <laughs> But but when you get into the Beatitudes, you know, justice is brought up and yeah. stuff and how it's defined and, and whatnot. And, and sometimes translated as righteousness. Right, 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 right. Which is really the same thing. Yep. And so that's where I can see the generation impacts coming. Um, but pretty much how we're going to treat tonight, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to ask some tough questions. Uh, we'd love your participation in the chat. We're going to walk through some of the Beatitudes and then ask the tough question, do Christians live out the Beatitudes? And yeah. that's kind of what we're going to process tonight. And here's the interesting thing, as I was sitting here thinking about this. I mean, there's been a lot of sermons done on, on the Beatitudes. I don't know if we've done one. I mean, we've hit pieces of this. Didn't our, we do a series on the Sermon on the Mount where like one week per yeah, each? I feel like we did I, one for I, each it's Beatitude. Been, it's been a while. But I think people have, uh, I don't know if they know a lot about the Beatitudes. Right. So how about, what if, what if we start with this? What if you share with them what the Beatitudes are? <laughs> well, I think there's a couple things that is interesting because I think when you read this and you say blessed are, yeah. one is our Western culture of being blessed, mm -hmm. the word blessed is different than what I would say most scripture would say. Yep. Okay. We think of being blessed as, oh, I've got money in the bank. I have a comfortable life. Mm -hmm. I have... How many times have we thanked God for the blessings that we have that are all materialistic? They're all material. 
all right. material. And that is not really what Scripture teaches at all. Right. It's a, it's a peaceful spirit. It's a a oneness. It's a settledness, even when things circumstances are not content, being content going, in our exactly yep. not going the way it is. Yep, yep. So when 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 we say blessed are or blessed are, it's it's not a. That's, and it's very hard for us to to get out of our mind that we're. Talking I do about, remember teaching on this actually one of my first years teaching here, and I came up with the cheesy saying of being of less is blessed. Because that's honestly what you get here when you read these passages is you hear it's it's not about the more that you have when it comes down to it. It was all about the less. And you got to take these through the filter of this is what we are supposed to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not because a lot of people will say, well, blessed are the meek. So, so they think, well, you're already meek. Yeah. That's not what it's saying. Right. And it's blessed are the poor in spirit. Okay. So yep. these people who are beat up, at, that's not what it's saying. It's saying that we should be yep. those things. That's good. I actually heard it when I was doing some research today i heard some people mix these up as spiritual gifts oh like yeah you were gifted with meekness and yeah. so that's your beatitude no it's no. not like focus on one th- one of these nine I, I think i put nine of them yeah. there's eight that are very commonly held and then there's and a ninth one that kind of tags and along. some people even say 10 and some even say 10 and so um how about we read a couple yeah or just so people have an idea sermon on the mount you can find all of these in matthew chapter five and then let's just talk and, about it and the other thing about the sermon on the mount that some scholars will tell you is that this was not one sermon right this, this was, a, was collection a collection of, of jesus's greatest jesus sermons. teachings yeah, yeah. that, that all, he would have actually taught all, multiple times multiple times and all put together as yeah. it was one spot so this didn't really right. actually happen right. in one right. setting Right, so this is probably Jesus, and, and people have even said, to your point, Matthew, as he's collecting these, that these eight to ten focal points were like the focal points of Jesus' entire ministry, which would back it up because he talks a lot about these all throughout in different ways and Correct. different actions and different miracles. Correct. So why don't you read either a couple or all of them? Um, what are the Beatitudes? Let's, let's start the first one here. It said, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So does that mean that you have to be poor in spirit? Here's the thing that, and, and here, and every time I see these, yeah. And again, I've heard so many different sermons on it and things like this, but but as I started looking through this today, um, being poor in spirit is understanding who we actually are, hmm. that we are broken, hmm. that we are sinful, that we are. So poor in spirit isn't a oh, oh poor me. It's a matter of understanding. Okay. You know, I'm a failed human being hmm. that that I don't stand a chance without the intervention of God. Mm, it's a posture thing. It's a posture thing. Mm, and the good. other interesting thing about this very first one is, if you'll notice, the very first one and the last one, it, it says, for theirs is the kingdom mm-hmm. of God. It's the only ones in here, the first one and the last one, that are present tense, wow. that you are getting this now on earth. You did some good research. I today. did do some research, because I didn't want to sound... You, as stupid you, as I normally you do. Sound, nah, you sound intellectual. <laughs> Look at you. Well, hey, Trevor, by the way, you have a microphone. You Trevor can chime in anytime you want to. Uh, that would require listening. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it man. would require listening. There you go. But he I'm does pushing not buttons have, over here. But I, found that, but I found that interesting. I had never heard that before. And, and as I looked at that, um, it, it is true. It, it's, it, that is a present tense thing. So as we usher in the kingdom of heaven on earth, mm. um, this is one of the things that happens to us immediately. Yeah. Absolutely. Michaela says, understanding who we actually are. Good stuff, like humility, right? Yeah, it's humility. It's a posture. And you're, Yeah, and you're going to see some of these uh, the, the themes also in uh, come back through. Yep. So they kind of intersect each other. Yep, yep. Uh, next one, one of them, uh, this, uh, verse 4 says, blessed are the meek, 
for they shall possess the land. Brad, what does meek mean? Yeah. See, and again, that, and that's what I'm saying. When I first read these, I was always thinking of this is the, this is the posture of someone. And so if you are meek, this is what you're going to get. Right. And again, it's telling us we all need to have these caring characteristics. Right. And here's, again, <laughs> uh, meek is, is a breakdown of, of you have the power, mm. but you choose not to use it. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so and that power that power can come from a a pride standpoint, yep. an intellect standpoint, yep. a material standpoint, a privilege standpoint. It can be so many different things, and, and it's not necessarily bad. You possess strength. Right. I right, mean, right, we right. have strength in Christ. We have strength in what we do. It's knowing when to use it and when yep. not to use it. Same with privilege, and that, that's part of what we talked about exactly. too. Exactly, privilege in and of itself is not inherently a bad thing. Right, it's knowing how to use it, being willing right. to use exactly. it, exactly, and where to use it. Same so, with meekness. So when you start understanding. That that yeah. it, it, it changes the whole meaning of of, yep. of these things from the beginning. And here again, it says, "For they shall, <laughs> for they shall possess the land." And and some scholars, I think, argue about this whether yeah we get part of that here, but we don't get to see all of this until basically right new heaven, new earth, new heaven, new earth. And yeah. and again, I think again from our Western mindset, we have this checkoff. Like, well, if I do this, 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 and this, yep. then here's what I'm going to get for it. Yep. And that's not what this is saying. And that we're going to talk about that concept more toward the end of this, mm-hmm. because I think, just to hint at it a little bit, I think that's part of why it's so difficult for us to, as Christians in the Western world, to really live out the Beatitudes because of what you just mentioned and whatnot. So yeah. uh, the next one is one I really relate to, honestly, and some of the grief and the loss and stuff, and that is verse 5, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This one's cool because to me, it's again not saying like go out and, and mourn. Mourn. It's saying when you are mourning or when you are discouraged or when you are broken, that you are going to be comforted. Like that is just the God that we serve. Like right. there, that is that is the promise. He is He is among us. He is within us. He is around us. And it's so encouraging and comforting to know when you are in your darkest moments. That there is hope. Yeah, that's powerful. The other part of that is it's also as a self thing of, of mourning <clears throat> how we have fallen. Mm. You know, of, of these are the things that I've done wrong. And God, I, I, I mourn how I have hurt you. Mm. I mourn how I have treated the people who you love. Yep. Who I have hurt. Yep. And, and you mourn that and realize that, hey, this is, and it goes back to that very first one. Yep. You know, of, of, of being poor in spirit, of realizing I'm a sinful person. Yep. Susan yeah. Key says, that's my favorite one. God is always there. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, uh, let us know in the chat if this is... So we're talking through some of the Beatitudes. Um, I don't think we have to read all of them unless you want to. Uh, if there's another one or two that you really would like. But yeah, I, I think there's a couple of them. Okay, that... so let's go through or those. Go through them. Anyway. But as we go through those, let us know in the chat, have you heard these Beatitudes before? Um, maybe we do need to do a series on these or intently. I think that would be really cool. But what is your knowledge of the Beatitude? Just let us know in the chat. Yes, I have. No, I haven't. And uh, if you have any questions, we'd love to talk to you about them. I'd but love to, go hear to the you next one. unpack this one. Blessed are the, they that hunger and thirst after justice, for they shall have their fill. You want to hear me talk about that one? Yeah. Um, because okay. this, this, is, this is probably the, the main one, as you said, as far as generations, that this could be even remotely touchy yeah, for, m- between the generations. Millennials and Gen Z, younger millennials into Gen Z are really passionate about justice. Right. Um, and that is what drive has driven um, inclusivity movements. 
that is what has driven um, the Black Lives Matter movement um, and and the you ideology really behind that. I know. I'm, you want you. you I know. I, that's why I did this. I threw it up for you. Concept, so you light them up. The concept of justice for younger people right. is what drives those. Um, it's why you see people rioting, protesting. It's why you saw a lot of young voters in the Senate race go out and vote for you know different the party that they thought mm-hmm. would have more of a justice mindset uh, minded party. Um, and so this is so much fun. I'm struggling so <laughs> yeah, much. Right I know. Here. Yeah. You're trying to, you're walking. So gingerly. I'm trying to walk this line so well. Here's the thing about me. And this is probably what's been the most frustrated as a young Christ follower who's passionate about race and passionate about equality and passionate about hum- human rights and passionate about, um, the Bible. It's hard to be a young person passionate on what is society has made into two sides right? and then says, but still saying, but I'm for justice, but that can mean different things on both sides. So for me as a young pastor, that's the, that's why I tow that line because I struggle with that line because mm-hmm. I'm very passionate that's, about that's, justice that's for, honest, yeah. you know, with racism and, you know, with, with different brutalities, like those are things that fire me up. I'm very passionate about, you know, loving on, um, the LGBTQ community and, and finding ways to, um, walk alongside them. I'm very passionate about those things. And I also have things I'm really passionate about in scripture that, um, sometimes negate what culture is, you know, pushing. And so justice is such a difficult topic. Um, and 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 here and I'll try to save you a little bit. Save me because I am not sure what you want me to <laughs> no, say. No, I think I think you said it brilliantly, okay. honestly. And here's what happens with especially people of, of my generation, my age, is we we cannot separate. Um, and and you'll notice we said justice instead of social justice. Oh yes, you yeah. know. And so we have a very hard time separating that movement with the organizations. Yes. So when you say things like BLM and, and what have you, immediately it clicks off on us, okay, you're you're accepting everything that this organization says. That's not right. what you were saying at all. Right. And and you can't argue the justice in the Bible. Right. You can't argue justice for racism. You can't argue justice for uh, any marginalized uh, individual and or group of people. Right. You just can't do it. Right. You can argue all these out things that everybody else, the media and political parties yep. on both sides, want to grab you and say, you've got to be on our side. Right. And, and I think we have tried so hard to say, we're going to try, we understand that's out there, but we're going to go from, from a biblical stand, point of view and saying, what does God teach us, how we are supposed to treat people mm-hmm. outside of all of these outside organizations and or movements trying to pull us in one direction. If if there's injustice going in, we have got to be on the side of inju- in, injustice, or not injustice. We have to be on we the side. We have to be on the side of fighting ju- for, for for justice. Yeah, we no don't matter. want to be on the side of no the matter injustice. what. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Uh, One of my good friends, Mike, says, "Hey guys, one other thing I connect with about blessed are those who mourn. Mourning equals godly sorrow for the fallen world around mm. us. As I heard about loved ones being lost, God continues to reassure me that He is behind and before me, even after my influence is spent. He continues to pursue them. I find comfort in that. Wow. A stinking man. Uh, that that is brilliant. one of my cluster mates, one of my good brothers and friends, Mike." Um, he's brilliant. in my ordination group. Yeah. Brilliant guy. Uh, youth pastor in Minnesota. Um, yeah. And to your point is also, this is what you see a lot of younger people too, is, um, 
and this is again talking about justice. This is we could do a whole other conversation yeah, could, yeah. about this. I but, didn't mean to get us on track, but no, I think no, no. It's, one it's, of the things that I think younger people separate too that I don't know if it's right or wrong is the law from again what we talked about earlier. The law from like experience or mm-hmm. morale mm-hmm. is that whether or not the law showed real justice or true justice, um, younger people would say sometimes you know, it's, it's about not necessarily getting it right from the law. It's about doing what's right for the person. And some, you know, for older generations, I, I, you know, might have lit a fire like, yeah, well, you know, if they were guilty or if, if you have it go out throughout the law. And so this conversation, why I bring it up is this conversation is so tricky and that's why it's so important when you talk about it, you have to do so in relationship. You have to do it in relationship, and 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 I would just say, especially for people in, in my in my generation, is is don't shut down the conversation because of yeah. what you think is going on, Absolutely. or because someone's young. Is 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 let's have the conversation in a, class, in a in a in a healthy way. Absolutely, and, and just because. Yeah, I, absolutely. We'll just Good leave stuff. It. We'll just leave it there. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Eight twenty. Do you want to read one more, and then we can sure. get into some Which of these one? questions? Yeah. What do you want to? Um, let's talk about this one. Blessed are they that suffer persecution <laughs> for justice's sake. Excuse me. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Persecution. How persecuted are we over here in the Western church, Brad? <laughs> this is going to get off topic again. <laughs> we don't even know what persecution is. And it honestly frustrates me to no end when, when we are claiming that we're persecuted because of Masks, masks. <laughs> Let's just say it. <laughs> masks, um, baking cakes, of uh, going to restaurants to and and you know we've got people in the world dying because of their faith, mm-hmm. having their houses and churches caught on fire, burnt, um, you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what real persecution is. When you get caught carrying a Bible, that they can hang you. Yep. Um, and again, I'm not saying that those other things shouldn't be talked about, but let's not claim that we are being persecuted. We've got it so easy that it's, we have it so made over here. It's just, it's just scary. And 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 the thing that I think frustrates me is that takes, to me, it it takes the power away from those who are really being persecuted. Right. It, it, it does. It, it does. It just. Mm-hmm. I was uh, watching a podcast. Oh, listening to a podcast. I don't even remember who it was, um, and they were interviewing a pastor from an Eastern Orthodox church over in Africa, Africa or Europe somewhere. Uh, And they were talking about persecution and they were saying something along the lines of like uh, the pastor said this very bluntly. You don't have to agree with this. This is what the pastor from across the world said. It, It feels like the Western world that Satan has, has been stroking the Western world. Is like as like where it's his cat just because of how comfortable we are over here, and Satan just has his his way, and that we've literally got people over here dying in the church. We're oh that's what it was, Mike. It was actually from that video we watched um last week for our our cluster meeting for uh, uh oh, tortured for Christ. I remember it was for an ordination video that we had watched. Yeah, and they're interviewing this Eastern pastor like. The Western church has no idea what persecution is. None. No idea what persecution is. Um, Most of the world lives off of dollar a day. Um, And and just that concept is like so foreign to us. Yeah. And uh, poverty, and yet their faith is so much stronger than it is over here. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we were talking about today, 
Like, what if Paul? And this is what's been trending today, right? What if Paul would? Uh, what if Paul was writing? If a, Paul was alive today, he would write a letter to the, the, American, the American Church. Church. Can you imagine how it would start? My brothers and sisters, grace and peace be among you. What the heck are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Timothy sends his best regards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah, that's that's what it would be like, yeah, man. And, and it, you know, some people. It's not that we're beating up. On the American church, there's so much. Or America, good. love the country. There's so much good here. So there's so much things here. we can do. But let's not let's not lose sight over what is really Absolutely. happening. Absolutely, that's the whole thing. Absolutely, and let's leverage let's le- leverage the the blessings that we do have. Mm-hmm. For the sake of others, mm-hmm. that's sake of others to advocate on their behalf. Absolutely, to fight for them on their behalf. Um, Amen. Amen. So let's get to some tough questions. Those aren't all the Beatitudes. Like I said, you can find them in Matthew chapter 5. Those are just some of them. Um, First question, and I'd love to ask our chat too. You can put a yes, you can put a no, you can put a longer response. The question that I was asked, you know, that kind of sparked this whole conversation, it wasn't even a question, it was the statement. Actually, why don't Christians live out the Beatitudes? Here's the question for our chat. Let us know, yes or no. Do you believe Christians live out the Beatitudes well? I think the Beatitudes actually answer that question. Okay. Okay, and, and, and uh, let me find it here. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for justice, for they shall, fill, they will, for they shall have their fill. Because we... As Christians, especially in the West, mm-hmm. hunger for success. We hunger to be liked. We hunger for comfort. Mm-hmm. We hunger for happiness. Yep. It's all about us. It's not about a sacrifice. And Jesus, time and time again, I don't know if you can find any place that he promises that. You can't find any place that he promises that. He actually tells you that you're going to have struggles, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to be tough. He says, I'm sending you out of sheeps among wolves. wolves. You know, you're going to be destroyed. Yeah. And, 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 and so... As overall, there's some, again, there's great things happening, but I just think we need to check ourselves. Do we hunger and thirst for righteousness, and are we living out these things? And I would say for the most part, as a whole, it doesn't look like it. We don't look like, we don't look any different than anybody else living with with or without God. Yep. I would agree with that. My point. Um, And I think, uh, so Michaela says, many Christians definitely do, but I would say as a whole, no, I know I'm terrible at it. And Michaela, that's my sentiment too. And I, again, I... I don't want this to sound like we're bashing the Western church versus the Eastern church. Um, but we have it. So we are so privileged here in the, in the Western world. And in that, in that, again, like we said earlier, privilege in and of itself can be a great thing when utilized for others. Um, in that privilege, it often serves as a blinder. And yes. so when these beatitudes come out, blessed are those who mourn. They, it usually comes out when we're mourning and when, again, when we need Jesus, when we're comfortable. How often, like Mike said, how often are we yeah, catapulting our, you know, selves for others who are mourning, for others who are hurting? Susan Key says, our world is not conducive to fully living out the Beatitudes. Absolutely. I think that's the biggest part, too, is because of that sinful divide mm-hmm. that we have since creation. Okay. I don't even know if, like, it's all about us yep. all the time. That's why we need a savior. Yep. That's why we need to surrender our sin to, to Jesus yeah. because we're not created. <laughs> we aren't, we were originally designed to live and be and reflect Jesus, but sin corrupted that right. design. And that's why it's like, man, 
I break these beatitudes. I there's so many times. Ninety nine percent of my day is about me as a pastor. Right. Ninety nine percent of my day is about my comfort, what I wear, how I eat. It, and, and and honestly, it's 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 how we have been. It's normal operating procedure mm-hmm. in our, in our culture and in our society mm-hmm. as of that. Yep. And we just we just blend in. And here is some. This is off a point. Earlier we were talking about technology. Yeah. And I think you mentioned something like. You know, it was projected. We're, we're going to actually talk about this on, on New Year's Day. You're not going to want to miss New Year's nope. Day. After I, I'm telling New you, it's going to be good. Gonna be cool. We're going to do a podcast just like this. Um, but you're talking about how how scientists had projected that by 1987 or something, technology was supposed to be so advanced that Americans were supposed to only be working 20 hours a week. And, because And only for 27 weeks out of the and year. for only 27 weeks out of because the year. Because we're going to be able to live this comfy life because of all this technology. Because of technology. And in fact, the reverse has been true. Absolutely. Where even though technology has increased, our workloads have increased based on either hurriedness. That's another part of the conversation. Why I brought it up now is... Our lives are set up where we could succeed in this. We are, we are so blessed from the world standpoint and so privileged and so in position to help others yep. that there is no excuse for why we can't live out the Beatitudes over here. True. And yet we don't. Yeah. More yeah. times than not. And, not not yeah, always. And again, to Michaela's point is, is that some people really do. And, 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 and again, I, I don't want to come across like we're bashing this. I just think that, that one is we've got to understand we have the talents and, and God expects us to use them. Yep. And, and we have the talents, we have talents and the giftings. We have the resources. We have the time. We have the, I mean, think about how easy it is for us to partner with, I mean, there's so many organizations that are doing so many crazy, crazy things. Think about how easy it would be for us to partner with people. And this is something we've, we've challenged at a church because we realized as a church that we sucked at this, Yeah, you know, and we're like, you know what? And, man, this year, and, and we've come a long way. Yeah. And we, so we said, you know what, this year we're going to really, we're going to really kick it into gear to live out, to be rich with, with other organizations, with our generosity, with our service. And we got so far to go, but it's because we recognize that. Right. We in our comfort had made it all about us. Yeah, and, and I think the world looks at us, and, and and they know they know enough about you know we are in a post-Christian world at this stage, but but people know enough about the life of Jesus and what's supposed to be, and they look at us and they say, well, "Yeah, you're not living in any of this." Right, and that's where that question. And it's not that we're from. not living any of it, but they there there ought to be such a a marked difference in in us and in the church and in the big C church. Yeah. That is just not happening. So, yep. so yeah, what, what difference does it make? Yep. And that is where I think the sentiment is for a lot of non-believers. Correct. Outside the church. See, and, and, and again, a big part of the criticism comes toward that justice idea. Like if the church is supposed to be for justice. Right. Okay. Um, wh- why does it feel like the church is always siding against the vulnerable? You know, that that's kind of the sentiment of younger people who are outside sure. of the church. And so that's where this question to me came is like, why don't Christians live out the Beatitudes? Right. And I'm like, man, I feel like I do. I feel like the church does. But then when you think about it, it's really... There the, are areas. And there's we no do, question. Yep. And yep. we should be called out for that. For yep. those... Because the, there's something inside of me also that says, well, now hold on a minute. Right. You know, but... but we need to be called out, and we need to search. Okay, are we yep. really doing what we need to be doing? Yep, it's okay. Absolutely, and I think it's good because again, it goes along with the perception of how so many people have been hurt by the church in the past. That 
which is this friend, um, that that is why it's so important for the church then to come alongside people with sure. those questions. Sure. Not to berate them, not to, you know, We can enter into this whole thing, generations or not generations, we can enter with a humble spirit and saying, is some of that right? Right. And I don't think we can come across without saying, yeah, you know what? There are parts of that that they are absolutely right. There's parts right. of it that you're getting wrong. Yep. But there's, there's a lot of it. Yeah, we need to, take, we need to do a better job of, of, of living yep. this out. And friends, I mean, man, some of you might be really good at some of the Beatitudes. I know I'm good at a couple, and I know I'm really bad at a couple. And so that's why I think it's just a good reminder for us to say, like, these were sermons that Jesus, themes even, that Jesus taught throughout his entire life. You can boil it down to seven or eight verses, but at the end of the day, this is what Jesus was passionate about. And ask us to improve on. And ask us, us to And ask us to on. live out. Yep. Yep. Hey, last question. Um... So if Jesus meant what he said, if he truly meant what he said, are the Beatitudes out of reach for us in the Western world where it's all about us? We kind of already talked about this a little bit. Yeah. But if Jesus meant what he said, let's just change the question a little bit. If Jesus meant what he said, then what do we do now? For all of our listeners here engaging in, Feeling like we just spent 35 minutes bashing, bashing them yeah. and bashing the American church. Yeah. Okay. So then how do we improve? There are so many examples. For thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, there are so <laughs> many examples of where we excel in this as, and, and we can pick them out. Yep. But if we can just, if we can just across the board. Are you going to say it? I don't know what. Are you going to say the four letter word? Love. Love. <laughs> you say, if, we, if we could just across the board love people. <laughs> if we could start there, if we could start there, put everything down and just say, let's love as many people as we can, it would start, propel us down a path that would change everything. Amen. I am so, so convinced the more I study, the more I read, the more I, I look at things and watch Jesus and, and what he's asking us to do, if, if we can get peel back everything else and start and saying, let's just love people. Amen. Then we can have the conversation. But I Amen. think to your point too, like you're talking about America and how we are the most individualistic society really right now. Um, it's like you're fighting culture because mm. we think that we love, but really I think it's, it's also, we have to shift our perspective away from just looking at love from an individualistic standpoint and like being so, inward focused like we have to break that culture before we can even i think really understand and live these out yeah you can't Absolutely. you can't have the, the 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 farther conversations of what's next until we get to a point that we are actually loving yep and we make excuses not to love yep oh absolutely that hurts a little bit but absolutely uh, Susan Key said, I'm going to pick one to focus on for the next X amount of months, and then it'll become a habit ah, and move forward. Love that. I think that's good, and that's something that we've talked about with just any of our next steps, is you've got so many of these next steps that you can take, but it starts with small things building habit. Why don't you talk just really briefly, you've you've wanted to improve your prayer life, Yep. and today just share a little bit about what you were you were talking about and how it might seem so simple, 
but you're trying to build that habit and, for the next 30 days. And this is something that we are going to really kick off the beginning of the year. So you, you, yep. you're going to want to stay tuned on New Year's Day. Yep. <laughs> and then we are going to kick off uh, basically a prayer and fasting um, for the beginning of the year, our first series of the year, yep. ending in a prayer night. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Yep. Um, and we'll talk more in detail, but basically to answer your question, what I started early with this mm-hmm. as, as we saying, well, what are you going to sacrifice? And for the last uh, just probably week, 10 days, whatever it is, um, I, one of our relaxation things is, is to go home, sit on the couch, watch television, mm-hmm. you know, stream stuff all night long. And I said, I'm just going to cut out the last hour because we normally stay up to 11. Yep. I'm going to stop at 10. I'm going to go read a chapter or two of a book. Yep. You're it, building that habit. You found an area you wanted to grow in, yep. area you wanted to sacrifice yeah. in. And, and in, in just a little over a week, it has transformed some of my thinking and some crazy? of my ways. It's just been amazing. We'll yep. talk more about that, yep. but we're going to challenge you there. Um, so basically what Susan is saying is exactly what we're going to challenge people to do. Absolutely. And I think, I think you're going to see a radical difference in people's yep. lives. Grandpa Gillespie says, even with the judgment from outside, we just need continued growth. Yep. One day at a time, one breath at a time. Little bit of growth, another Bible plan, another next step. Yep. Um, and don't become intimidated by the there's an endless amount of growth. That's what life is. Yeah. That's an every you should always be learning and living and loving and listening and lamenting and growing and sharing and walking. Like life is way too exciting to just stay put. Exactly. And you know, and, and and Jesus promised us an abundant life, you know. And again, yep. our our Western culture makes us think of of, of what it. But but living that kind of life is yep. powerful and so meaningful powerful. and life giving and changing. Yep. And, and it's the not only just way for to us, live. but for other people. Absolutely, more so for other people. More when you're able to, when you put others first, it, it, and in your next steps, and when you grow as an individual, it benefits other people. Right. That's why Global Global Leadership Summit is always when when leaders win, all of Fort Wayne wins, or all of the world wins. We can can lift everybody everybody up. Yep. Hey, friends, we are so grateful that you tune in for tonight. Uh, This Sunday, we're talking about, once again, part two of our Fear Not series. Um, kind of actually going off of the conversation of growth and about one next step at a time, each one day at a time and pursuing our purpose and our calling and how fear tampers with that and looking at the life of David. So I'm really excited about that. Um, hope you can join us next Thursday. Okay. Last podcast of 2022. It is Christmas game night with our children's pastor Piper. Uh, (laughs) She will be a guest host with us. We'll do movie trivia, music trivia. We'll eat some candy, wear our Christmas costumes, have a blast. That is next Thursday, December 17th, 8 o'clock until probably 8.45. Hope you have a great, great, a great, a great great rest of your evening. We will see you next week. Adios. Thanks, everybody.